the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 18th chapter. Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, if any other member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to to settle his accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him, and he could not pay. His Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and, and the payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But the same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves, who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused, and then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. Our Creator God, we give thanks that we can gather uh, each Sunday to come out of our lives and our schedules and all the to-do lists we make for each other and for ourselves, and uh, some of them don't include having contact with our Lord, we give thanks we can come and uh, center in once again to remember you are the author of our very lives. You are the one whom we call upon in times of need for help, and then sometimes when we get the help, we go our merry way. Forgive us, Lord. Help us to be mindful of you at all times, if possible, always to be um, attentive to your call and to also make uh, amends when we have gone astray with our neighbors, neighbors, friends, co-workers. Help us, Lord, to be truly good representatives of your love in this world. In your name we ask it. Amen. Amen. As we have just experienced this morning in so many ways, it's that back-to-school time of year, at least at Upper Dublin Sunday School, because many of you have already had your children in school for a week or more. And there can't be a gospel lesson, though, for all of us more relevant for our society today, our world today, than the one we have just heard. How to handle conflict and heartache and resentment as a people of God. And how do we react when we have been wronged, when our families have been wronged, or when the church or the public square 
has heard us and so speaking stepped on our toes. How do we respond to someone in our church community in specific or in politics uh, when we don't think that their treatment of us is in uh, harmony with Jesus' core values, should we say? You see, the church is meant to be a school of reconciliation, a school in reconciliation. And the basic model that God uses for our forgiveness of sins and everyone else's is the cross. The cross, which we often have around somewhere, but how often does it just become a decoration, something we don't really meditate on, the cost of the very life that was given for us there. A very dramatic and brutal lesson of self-sacrifice is shown to us by our instructor, Jesus the Christ, and much of the time, it seems that we haven't scored so well on this subject. Why is that? Christian author William Willimon says this. It might be good news, I'm not sure. The human animal is not supposed to be good at forgiveness. Forgiveness is not some innate, natural human emotion. Vengeance, retribution, and violence, these are natural human qualities. It is natural for the human animal to defend itself, to snarl and crouch into defensive positions when attacked, to howl when wrong. I like that one. Sometimes maybe we seem like we're howling. To bite back when bitten. Forgiveness is not natural. It is not a universal human virtue. Despite this cantankerous, unbecoming human quality, our faith story began in baptism. For most of us, And there, at any age, we are bathed in the effervescent power of God's grace. How well Lutherans know, and Martin Luther has stressed, that grace is the free, unconditional gift of love from our Lord, unearned. There in those waters, the power of our sinful side has been drowned, held under, till the little bubbles came up and it was finally silent. A cleansing that we received in baptism because of an innocent man, our God, took the death sentence in our place. Uh, One penalty was paid by a God more ready to forgive us and claim us forever than to punish us or to get even with us. Another great quotation comes from E.H. Chapin. He's putting it this way. He says, Never does the human soul appear so strong and noble as when it forgoes revenge and dares to forgive injury. Forgoes revenge and dares to forgive injury. Add to that a philosopher, a Russian philosopher named Frank, who wrote in World War II, in this terrifying war, which we think a little bit more about now with North Korea being very active Uh, every week it seems in this terrifying war this the inhumane chaos which reigns in the world the one who first starts to forgive will in the end be victorious try that on the one who first starts to forgive will in the end be victorious 
So have you been picturing anyone while we've been talking with a children's sermon and all this, any group of people, for instance, or neighbor that you really find it hard to forgive? Have they hurt you more than once? Or you them? If it was a church member, did it seem twice as offensive? Because we should be quick to forgive and slow to offend. Well, top that with the pastors. I'm sure that we have offended or hurt or angered many of you, if not 100%. And so we too need your grace. Do others' politics seem sinful to you in this most volatile time in our nation? The list is endless, and the damage that ensues for our health and our well-being is huge when we do not forgive. I was hearing uh, on PBS, um, or no, NPR, there we go, uh, Dr. Renee Brown, who is a social scientist, very popular, who has been researching forgiveness for 10 years. 10 years now, she said. But it was finally an Episcopal priest named Joe Reynolds who gave her the aha moment that she had been waiting for, she needed. He said once, in order for forgiveness to happen, something has to die. In order for forgiveness to happen, something has to die. She adds in her new book, Rising Strong, we have to bury the idea another person would never hurt us before we can have new life. We have to bury the idea that we are right and justified in punishing another. Forgiveness needs to grieve something. Whether the wrongdoing was an adulterous affair or a racist judgmental perspective that makes our skin crawl in a regime like apartheid, for instance, something must die and we must grieve it for forgiveness to come. Dr. Brown's research was also uh, transformed by a book she's read once and now is reading again, she tells Oprah recently, called The Forgiveness Project. Maybe some of you have read it. It's written by black South African Anglican uh, priest Desmond Tutu and his daughter about the horrific apartheid years that they experienced in their country. Tutu writes, to forgive is the best form of self-interest. To forgive is the best form of self-interest. It is also a process, he says, that does not exclude hatred and anger. You should never hate yourself for hating others who do terrible things, he said. The depth of your love is shown by the extent of your anger. However, if you can also find it in yourself to forgive, then you are no longer chained to the perpetrator. You are no longer chained to the perpetrator. You can move on and even help the perpetrator to become a better person too. Well, that's no walk in the park, especially from people who had suffered in his country for years under that regime, brutal regime of apartheid. You know, Jesus has to deal with us, the perpetrators, in his death. If we think of us that way, he has been gracious to us. Yes, angry, I'm sure, that we just are so slow to get the drill here. But in the end, 
He helps the perpetrator who killed him to move towards everlasting life. Ending apartheid would have caused, could have caused a major war in dividing that nation. Instead, that painful conflict was avoided by the hard work of reconciliation that God gives us all. To reconcile with those who have hurt us and our loved ones in atrocious ways is hard labor. Jesus knew that cost, however, as he told the disciples today in our gospel reading, and he paid that price for us all because there's no one here that could have done it themselves. How can we ever judge another sin too heinous for redemption? The disciples thought seven times would be enough to forgive. Jesus said in some gospels, 70 times seven, which is really infinity in that sort of religious jargon. But today he said 77 times, an infinite number of times we must forgive. It is out of our most, one of our most challenging homework assignments in daily life as Christians, especially right now in our country. I close with an old story. It goes like this. When the books of a Scottish doctor were examined after his death, it was found that a number of accounts were scratched out with a little note that said, Forgiven, too poor to pay. But the physician's wife later decided that these accounts must be paid in full, and she proceeded to sue for the money. When the case came to court, the judge asked but one question. Is this your husband's handwriting? When she replied, well, yes, it was. The judge said, there is no court in the land that can obtain, a, can, can obtain a debt once the word forgiven has been written down. My friends, our debts have the Lord's handwriting all across them right now. Forgiven, too poor to pay. We are all sinners dependent on the victory of Christ alone. All our debts, however, are canceled. And now we are the models to bear it forth into our conflicted world. It is our homework assignment for now and evermore. Amen. Amen.